You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Leaf Sky, episode number 45. Jim Taddy with you for the next 25 minutes or so. Our special guest today will be Todd Crocker, voice of the Toronto Marlies, the AHL affiliate of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the goal here is to find the next Zach Hyman. So we're going to scour the Marlies roster of what Todd has seen this year and in the past to find forwards that might be, I'm going to say for lack of a better description, Zach Hyman Jr., because that's clearly the void on the Leafs roster. Before we get going, let me tell you this. McGregor and Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes for next weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. You can't beat that. If you haven't tried yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings is even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings, as you know, is safe and secure and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the call to action. It's the McGregor-Poria rubber match. Get into the action now. Download the DraftKings app and use the promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's the promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, to the hockey story. And so the Leafs recently re-signing Wayne Simmons. They signed Jason Spezza about 10 days ago. And so the veterans are in place, at least most of them. They still have to go after and consider Felino Thornton, Nash, Galchenyuk, and the big one, of course, Zach Hyman. The protected list for the upcoming expansion draft could be a combination of this. It could be four forwards, four defensemen, and a goalie, or it could be seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie. And obviously in the second uh, scenario, you get 11 players protected in the first nine. The first one with the nine players, the four defensemen, guarantees the top four leaf defensemen are back, and it also likely guarantees that Kerfoot would be taken by Seattle in the expansion draft. If you go 7-3-1, and one, maybe Justin Hall gets picked, assuming that he's the guy, and I think that's a good assumption that he would be exposed in the draft, and I don't know if you want to do that. But that's sort of the semantics of, of where the Leafs are going. Right now, the issue is Zach Hyman. Do you re-sign him? What do you re-sign him for? What is the term? What's left? Right now, the cap space is about $11 bucks. It's actually $10,885,000, and that's with a whole bunch of people yet to be signed. And so when you look at that, you ask yourself, what do they have in the farm? Well, let's go there. Todd Crocker is the voice of the Toronto Marlies. Todd Crocker, when we look for our solutions to the least problems, certainly on the bottom six depths, when you look at what Montreal has done and what Tampa has done and, and even the Islanders and uh, other teams, not so much Vegas. Vegas is a sort of a bigger team, but, but these teams have a good uh, group in the uh, – 
third and fourth line, hard workers. Uh, the Leafs seem to have a void that way. So it obviously will start with the headliner, Nick Robertson, who's expected to make the jump uh, next fall. Uh, in, in terms of Nick, I mean, what's his projection? Well, I think anybody who, who watched him play in the American Hockey League this year, and, and, and you know, let's face it, uh, the American Hockey League was a, a little bit unusual this year. It felt a little bit like... Uh, you know, going for a date at a fast food restaurant. Uh, yes, it's a date. Yes, it's food, but it doesn't really qualify. <laughs> you yeah. know, it, uh, yeah. it only had 36, uh, it only had 36 games. Uh, there was no playoffs. There was no reason to work for the playoffs. So there were some players that had some uh, real big upside, but the nice part about that for a guy like Nick Robertson coming in is he's a younger guy who drops into the, to uh, definitely a higher quality of play. So what you learn, I think about Nick Robertson is, is that his vision and his playmaking ability is suited for a good talented group around him as well. So uh, this is a guy that, that you could say, well, if you're looking to create something in that third line and create some offense, He's going to pair nicely with some people who have uh, like-minded uh, thinking and like-minded talent. So that that's often the case in the National Hockey League, uh, even at the third line and fourth line level. There are guys that, that can see what another player who has a boatload of talent is going to do. And so what Nick Robertson, I think, has to, uh, to continue to learn is that uh, there is a time and place, uh, like any young player, uh, and there is uh, a spot to use your skill, and there is a spot to understand that there are a lot of other guys in the lineup and a lot of other guys on your line and on the ice that uh, can use their skill uh, equally as well. Okay, now, not to argue, but to, to pick this apart, I mean, it, my concern would be, and I think he's a great hockey player, uh, my concern would be that he might follow along the lines of uh, Janssen, Kaplan, and maybe Engvall, where they have, that uh, offensive upside, but what we're seeing in the playoffs, especially in the late stages, is it's not necessarily about offensive upside. It's about puck management. It's about not turning that thing over. It's about puck pursuit. Can he do that? Well, and that's what that's what you, that's what you learn in, in yeah. the American Hockey League. That's what you have to get almost deprogrammed with out of junior because and and it's not that there's anything wrong. I know lots of people are kind of you know all over the junior hockey programs and coaches and things like that it's not that those guys aren't teaching that it's just that when you become so much better than the people on the ice around you you begin to say to yourself well i'll take the puck to the net i'll do this i'll do this and and then you kind of let the rest of it go and fall on the on your teammates so that 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 is the kind of thing that is uh, a hazard of, of growing into hockey for, uh, for a guy like Nick Robertson. He's uh, he's, he's a guy who can understand, can play that way. Uh, but it's, it takes the reps and the, and the, you know, automatic thinking of saying, that's just what we do. There's no, I'm going to think it because you don't have time to think it and then do it in the national hockey league. You've only got time to, to do it. Okay, so with the signing of Simmons today and Spezza in the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's pretty clear they, they still like the veterans, and I don't have much of a problem with that. I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, because you saw these guys and have seen them for a number of years, and some of them have been around for a bit, um, who on the forward unit on the Marlies could 
step up and make a significant contribution over the course of a year. Now, we're going into a different world in the fall. We're talking 82 games and then four rounds of playoffs. So there is some time here. But who do you think uh, steps in and, and maybe earns a spot in that third or fourth line? Well, and, that, and that's the tough part because over the course of the last year, it would have been nice to see some of these guys over the 76-game or 72-game schedule now that they have in the American League. But you would like to have seen how a guy develops and plays with the adversity of three, four games a week over a good period of time. Now, that guy like Joey Anderson, I, I look at him and, and what I saw briefly, and I call it briefly, although it was uh, – you know, he got injured there in the in the late to mid season. Uh, and I, there's a guy who I, everybody talks about hockey IQ. And I, and I know that there's a, some quantifiable stuff being done around, you know, how how much IQ do you really have in that department? But there's a guy that you can just see it. You know, you're, you're not turning around and saying, I, I don't know if this guy's quite seeing it the way the rest of us are seeing it or the way he should see it. But he's teachable. He, he is a guy you don't have to spend 10, 10 minutes trying to educate on here. It's like, Joey, this is how it's done. This is what we're hoping for you to do. And then it's like, that's how it's done. That's the way he's going to do it. So I really like Joey Anderson as a, as a guy who challenges here. And, uh, and I know that, you know, we, you end up getting a guy like that for, for Andreas Janssen and Janssen is, is, was a guy who, could do that. But Janssen was also a guy that, you, you know, you wanted to say, okay, we've got to uh, educate you and get reps in you and, and all that kind of stuff. I don't think Joey Anderson is that guy. I think Joey Anderson is a guy that, that needs one rep, gets it, figures it out. Let's go. Almost a Zach Hyman Jr. Am I right? Yeah. He, uh, you know, Zach plays a heavier game probably. And, uh, but you're right. And as far as uh, hockey intelligence, I don't think I've seen too many guys come through the American Hockey League that that have that better than Zach. Uh, there are there are guys that are as equal, obviously, but uh, but there uh, he's right there with them. You know, it, it's not a he's not a guy that you need to sit down and and uh, and go through film and then go through you know what happens physically on the ice and then then we're going to talk about it a little bit more. It's just like, look, there it is, boom. It's in the it's in the vault and we can go from here. Yeah, I guess for lack of a better description, a guy who plays a simple game, and, and you know, that almost sounds derogatory, but it's very important, isn't it? Yeah, you know, that's a funny thing, Jim. You know, when people talk about uh, the, the simple game, I, I, I'm not sure I really understand uh, why that's a negative. Uh, you know, hockey, <laughs> isn't the su hockey isn't the super complicated world of chess that, that – uh, coaches turn football into you know the, the, there's no game that has more rules than football so there's no game that needs to be more coached than football but hockey oftentimes is the transition of uh, emotional uh, energy and capturing that and and using it and so you know they, to me that that that's the benefit just play simple and use the emotion to drive that simple play and and I think uh, I think you see a lot of that in a guy like Joey Anderson. 
You know, I, I guess the fear is, so we've talked about Robertson and Anderson, and, and I would expect that at some point we would see them both on the Leafs. It's hard to, hard to know when, and it's hard to know how much, but, but that's, that's promising to have two guys just because I think you need two, three, or even four of those guys every year. The least problem is they've traded away a lot of draft picks, and it's hard to find those guys, but they're still out there. I mean, they found Zach Hyman, so, so you can find them. Um, is there anybody well, else in the Marlies who might track that way? Well, you know, when you talk about, when you talk about, oftentimes uh, you get caught up. I, I think uh, everybody does get caught up thinking the Marlies are there to make Leafs. And, and that is a large part of what uh, the hope is, but the Marlies are there to, to make value. And, and so those draft picks aren't necessarily, you know, a waste of a trade or a waste of a movement or a guy goes from one to another. You're creating value in in your system, and uh, and so you go out, you look for guys that you can uh, increase their value, even from you know zero to five or five to ten, it is still an increase in value. I look at a guy like in the late season, completely out of nowhere, Pavel Gogolev comes in, and uh, this is a guy that was in Guelph in junior and Peterborough in junior, played with Semyon Dargachinsev, uh, and this he just exploded onto the scene now you know I, you, you got to have a greater frame uh, to look at than just the you know the 15 games at the end of the of an american league season that doesn't count for much but he he looked like he not only belonged but could dominate and when guys surprise you like that uh, you see that there's going to be future value in what they have. And, and I think that, uh, I think this is a kid that, you know, when you talk about picking up a, a kid at zero or, or, you know, you don't have to draft anybody, you don't want to, this is a guy whose value will go from here and the greater percentage of increase will come from a guy like him. than then, then a known quantity, you might say. Well, and I like this conversation because now we've identified three, and and it's my opinion that you have to have at least three. Uh, you know, if you add in Spezza and Simmons for veteran signings, as as we do this conversation, then all of a sudden there's there's strength in numbers there. And and again, it's projected over an 82 game regular season, so some of the veterans could get hurt, some of the kids. Uh, may jump in. It's it's hard to really know, but you have to have that kind of depth. Let's talk about guys that are UFAs. Uh, Augustino, Sabrin, and Nason. Do you expect any of the three to be back? Well, I I, I think uh, Augustino went to uh, he's going to play in the KHL, um, and uh, Nason. I I'm not sure. There's guys and Sabrin as well. These are these are the pieces in the American Hockey League that new GM Ryan Hardy will have to uh, to negotiate as far as what what really uh, are the Marlies going to try and accomplish? And I think what they're trying to accomplish is to find that same kind of magic formula that that Keith and and Dubas had uh, as GM coach from the Sioux and coming here is Hardy and Moore having that same kind of success, both out of the United States Hockey League and the Chicago Steel organization, come in, work together, and find some of the guys that, that they feel uh, are, are, you know, I would say, I don't like to say full-time Marlies because you never, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but guys who are going to spend a good bulk of their time with the Toronto Marlies that are going to have a positive impact both on young guys, but also are going to be guys that can contribute when needed and not grumble about it. 
yeah. you know, not turn around and say, ah, oh, I, I, I need 82 games up there. That's what I need. And, and uh, what you need is guys who can go up, come back and it's seamless. They, they don't grumble. They don't get the big lip out at the end of the, when they get sent down, they just want to play hockey. Yeah. And so, you know, the door is open. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by, and I will be intrigued by the invitees to training camp. Uh, and and the, probably the best example of that would be Detroit's Luke Lendenning, who was a Michigan kid signed as a, on an AHL contract and then worked his way onto the roster. That's really what, what's needed here, isn't it? That type of guy. I love that. I love that guy. And, and I would have thought uh, that in a different season, Cali Cosolo would have been that guy. He, uh, he had a terrific season with the Marlies. He would have been a guy that I think in a different season would have, would have uh, had a longer runway to get there uh, and to, you know, jump in for five or six games, but they didn't have five or six games to give a guy uh, either. So uh, I thought he would be so that, but you know, he's going to go play in Sweden uh, this year, uh, and, or, or the KHL, I don't remember which. And, uh, and, uh, he, he, those are the guys you want to go find, you know, those guys are the guys that when they get inserted into the lineup, they drop in like, like a Kenny Agostino can. And, you know, lots of people say, so they don't hurt you. Well, that's not, that's not okay anymore no. that that's no. not how that's not how syracuse supplies tampa bay not with guys who don't hurt them they they drop in guys that that are there and not as a stopgap measure but as a well that's a that's a quality addition that isn't really like it's not the superstar that we had but the guy's pretty good yeah i mean you're looking for for a player who works hard and, uh, and, you know, it's the old offense from defense situation. The guy, as I right. said earlier, has good puck pursuit, good puck management. It's a working class goal, uh, but it goes across the goal line and it counts. That's what we're looking for here, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I love that. I, I love that, uh, that thought process on some of the guys, uh, you know, and, and, you know, that's, that's sometimes more needed at times. Uh, in a hockey season, regardless of what league it is, you need some guy to have a little bit of a, a run that's yeah. not scoring them, you know, a, on big clappers from the line or or with, you know, backhanded top shelf stuff, but more like, hey, that went off my knee today and yesterday it went off my foot and I got one, you know, I got one off the shaft of my stick and it went in and, and he goes on a bit of a run and it captivates the guys in the room as much yeah. as it captivates the fans. Yeah, rallying point. I mean, I think it's easy to to look at the Leafs as they stand right now and understand that if you're if you're the other team, I mean, there's no secrets here. If you're playing against the Leafs, you are going to try and throttle the the top four guys. I mean, that's yeah. that's it. And so what you need behind them, those three and four lines have to be very very good because that could be the sway. I mean, if you've got a problem dealing with the third and fourth line, all of a sudden you can't pay attention to the top four as much as you'd like to. Yeah, I mean, it, it, something's got to be slightly dangerous, yeah. and and you can't just say to yourself, "Well, we're going to throw out the third and fourth line to defend." Uh, you've got to throw out your third and fourth line and say to them, "You know, you you have as much free reign out here to do whatever you know to to create havoc as much as the next guys, and uh, and you know the other guys might do it at a at a greater rate, but that doesn't mean that timeliness." 
isn't as important as you know the quality of of the goals or or the quantity of the goals timeliness can as we have seen can make a big difference okay so when we get to the expansion draft and as we're doing this we don't know exactly what the format will be for the leafs it could be four four and one which will be nine players or seven three and one which be which would be 11 players i kind of favor the four four and one because you can protect the four top four defensemen and and then you would you probably lose a guy like kerfoot uh, which is a you know a significant loss but nonetheless part of the attrition of of, of the expansion draft you're going to lose somebody i'd rather it be a third line center than, than a number four defenseman so so, so if we do that and it goes four four one, not a lot of openings in the blue line. You've got some pretty good guys in the Marlies there that are knocking on the door. Well, I, as I say, I think you've got value, right? I mean, yeah. uh, you've got a you've got a guy like Timothy Lilligren who is, uh, you know, bided bided his time. He's he's really demonstrated at the American Hockey League level almost to the point where uh, he, there's a point in this league where where you've hit your plateau and you either try and stay there, you know, till, till you'll get your opportunity or you start to kind of slide back down the hill because, you know, there's nothing that, uh, that really, you know, grabs your attention on a nightly basis. Uh, and, and I think for a guy like Timothy Lilligren, uh, a season like the last one exacerbates that uh, situation. So much time on the taxi squad, so much time playing games in which the outcome is just simply the outcome. Uh, and so I, I'm really curious to see just what he might do or what the value he has created for this hockey club can be. Boy, at the end of the season, Miko Kokonen uh, came in. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is a guy that, uh, you know, keep keep some sharp focus on him uh, because uh, I think there's there's some, you know, some possibilities uh, that he uh, becomes a voice that gets uh, you know talked about and 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 more than just in just kind of passing, but I agree with you, Jim. I, I think protecting uh, I think protecting those the, your defensive core uh, is so important, and I and I think a lot of teams will probably go that way because it, you know there's a lot of forwards out there that yeah. you can shift around and find pieces and. And go get you know this guy and go get that guy. That's not so much the case uh, with the defenseman. Our last stop is uh, between the pipes, and, and you know this is a story that doesn't get a lot of coverage for the Leafs because you know everybody's uh, just made the shift to Jack Campbell, which is fine. I don't have any problem with that, and we don't know what's going to happen with Freddie, whether they find a way to, to retain him or not. But but if they don't, is there an answer somewhere in the system? Because I mean, really, they're going back to an age-old problem: who is the backup? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, goaltending to me, uh, you know, I, I feel like a waiter who doesn't know his forks, you know, it's like there, <laughs> yes, yes, I know how to get your food to the table. Yes, I know the uh-huh. utensils get used, but beyond that, uh, it's all a mystery to me, uh, because to me, goaltending is all about the timing of goaltending. And, and, and if you've got a guy who fits his groove and finds his groove, I mean, I mean, let's face it, the Canadians fans were ready to, you know, dump Carey Price into the St. Lawrence uh, not too long ago. So yeah. uh, now, of course, they're ready to put a statue on the top of Mount Royal to him. But uh, I, I really think that uh, I really think that that finding the timing of goaltending uh, is probably as important as finding a guy who can you know, play goal. I, I There's a lot of guys who they separate the wheat from the chafe uh, or chaff rather uh, uh, 
pretty early in the American Hockey League. But they stick around, and suddenly they get a spot t- playing 20 games a- as a backup. And, you know, I, I think Alex Stalock is one of those guys, right? You know, he came yeah. in one year, you know, it was kind of like, hey, that, that's not all that impressive in what he's done. And then suddenly – He's there and he stays there as just that other guy. And and it, it, have the Marlies got that guy? The numbers don't say suggest that they do at the moment. But Joseph Wall is a guy who has played some games that have been nothing short of spectacular. Hmm. And I really think that he's. I really think that it's a timing thing for him. If he all of a sudden finds that groove and at the right time. They might have themselves a, a quality backup. Ian Scott, too, you know, the sample size is too small uh, to say about uh, Ian so far uh, and uh, as far as his injuries are concerned. So uh, when you start going down the, the depth chart of, of the, you know, 47 goaltenders that seem to appear for the Marlies and the Leafs and <laughs> over the course of the last year, uh, I, I think, you, you know, I think that there's a lot of room for uh, a lot of room to, to go out and, and find somebody if, if in fact they don't uh, sign Freddie, uh, if, uh, who knows, but uh, you know, that's also not a bad one, two combination. Uh, I know that one, two, a B, whatever that yeah. geometric uh, algebraic formula was that people were using at one point. But uh, I, I really do. Uh, I, I really do believe that, that it, it could just come down to hitting the, hitting the jackpot at the right time for, for a guy like uh, a Joseph wall and, and coming into camp and suddenly he does what they think he can do. And boom, he's, he's the quality guy that they were looking for. Todd, are you really saying that Joseph is the wall? Have you said big say by the wall? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm the, one of the most least obvious guys when it comes to things like that. I, I sometimes, sometimes I, I fight with myself when I, when I call play on things like that, because I think, you know, like I know fans think of it and they want to hear it. Yeah. You know, they want you to say, that's a brick wall, you know, or yeah. something like that. You know, and it's like, of course you want to say it. But, uh, you know, sometimes I just like, oh, I just can't do it. You know, I mean, but. Oh, yeah, good, and I'm good not to, good to know, Todd. I, I I see my trademark lawyers on line one. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Last minute of play in this podcast. All right, just some random thoughts on the way out, and so you see that there are some possibilities for the Leafs to maybe over the course of the 82 game season that will start in the fall to find this Zach Hyman type player, whether they sign him or not, they still need more of them. And this is the failure of the organization. We've said this before, you know, really from the moment that Zach Hyman made an impact on the roster, somebody should have understood that they need more of this type of player and they just didn't find them for whatever reason. Now, where do you find them? You can draft them. You could go through the free agent list for other teams that have drafted players that haven't worked out much like Elchenyuk. He turned into a nice sort of reclamation project. Or you scour the bushes for them. You find them, as I said, Luke Lendenning uh, playing university hockey in the Detroit area was signed to an American Hockey League contract and eventually turned into an NHL regular. And this is like the the, the, uh, uh, sort of turning over every stone to find one of these players. And, you know, you go through Europe to find them as well. But you have to find them because that's clearly a void on the Leafs roster. Will they? 
Well, I don't know. This is this is a big chore for them, and they have to certainly fill that void going forward. So that's why we do Leaf Sky, to figure out if it's going to happen or not. Hope you enjoy Leaf Sky Episode 45. Hope you come back for Leaf Sky Episode 46 next week.